Weekday evenings on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. It's 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. Host Daryl Wood brings you the day's news and trending topics as only he can with a unique blend of conservative opinion, constitutionalism, and thought-provoking analysis. Join the conversation. 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. A daily look at the news in a way you won't hear anywhere else. Tune in to 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. Or stream at PatriotDetroit.com. You are in in what part of the country? Southwest Colorado. Wonderful. How are you picking us up? Oh, I stream you guys on my uh, iPhone every day. Fantastic. Um, I am a resident of Sterling Heights, but uh, I frequently come to Southwest Colorado. I am just thrilled to be hearing from you out there in Colorado. Continue to listen, tune in again, and call at your earliest convenience. Godspeed. Run to Win with Daryl Wood, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. on Faith Talk Detroit. Following program has been pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. When you hear phone numbers, please do not call. Hello, everybody. It is so good to be here with you once again. And like last time, I'm sure you're realizing that this is not Pastor Moss's voice. You are once again correct. This is Pastor Gordon Morse, assistant pastor under Pastor Moss at Strictly Biblical Bible Teaching Ministries. So good to be back with you once again on Bible Talk on Faith Talk 1500. Our number, should you want to call in, is 866-423-9578. That's 866-423-9578. Now, I have been with Pastor Moss uh, as a pastor for 18 years now. I think I announced that last time. What I probably didn't tell you last time is that I also spent 26 years as a police officer. I retired last year, uh, and a lot of people say to me, boy, did you get out at the right time with the way this world is just going crazy. But I actually don't look at it that way. Actually, when it's getting tough like this out there for my fellow police officers, I feel bad that I'm not there with them. Uh, but it still is good on the in a, from a different perspective to be retired and get more opportunities to do things like this and, and do talk radio, which I am an absolutely huge fan of. I, In fact, when I, I first started the show, I almost said I'm talking to you from behind the golden EIB microphone, but that is a different show, and I'm sure many of you know what I'm talking about when I say that. But a uh, huge, huge fan of talk radio, so getting to do this is just phenomenal and I uh, thank Pastor Moss for giving me the opportunity to do it, and I will try not to burn the studio down as I fill in for him. I sure hope you keep listening, even though it is not Pastor Moss. We're going to tackle a different issue today, uh, but I want to get right at it. You still can call in if you want to. It's going to be a little bit different than how I worked it last time, but I'll try to get to any callers, weed you in, whittle you in through the uh the program here. But what I want to talk to you about in this opening monologue, if you will, deals with 
our Christian church and the state we're in right now. The Christian church, I feel, and maybe you can call and tell me if you think this is the case, but I think the Christian church is has been distracted by everything that's going on in the world. Uh, we want to put our two cents into everything, of course, like most of us like to do, but the church seems to be doing that as well. In regards to everything like to the virus, to the riots that are taking place, these things have been taking our minds off of the work we as Christians should be doing, like, I don't know, witnessing to others about Christ. We don't have time for that because we're busy. What are we busy with in this world? What are we busy as Christians? We're busy having three-day arguments with people on Facebook about whether or not to wear masks. And this is exactly what the devil wants. He wants us wasting our time and losing our focus on God. And it is my fear that that is what we as a Christian church could be delving into. However, at the same time, I know it's important for the church to address issues, especially current event issues that come up in our society. But we just can't let those issues rule us. We can't let them take over what we're supposed to be doing as a church. My last time that I came behind this microphone, what did I deal with if you were here? I took on racism. Pastor Moss laughed at me. I told him I was going to deal with racism, and he said, you are crazy. But I didn't deal with the racism that is going on with with the riots and taking a knee and BLM and all that stuff. But I felt compelled, if you were here and listened, to deal with the accusation that came from some that the Christian church is racist. I think I was successful in getting my point across that the real racists were the atheistic evolutionists. But oddly enough, nobody wants to get rid of that kind of racism. There's no talk about getting rid of that out of the schools, teaching evolution, even though it's deep, deep roots are racist. But here we are again, where I was planning on just getting back into using the program to deal with Bible doctrine. That's what I wanted to address. But here I am again, feeling compelled to deal with something a little bit different. I may still get to Bible doctrine. I actually have no idea how long it will take to get through this. It's tough to figure out when you're doing radio and there's breaks and all that type of thing. So we'll, do, we'll get to what we can get to. How about that? Make that deal with you. But I did feel compelled to deal with another issue. It really bothers me that in today's society, we have lost the ability to converse with each other. Isn't that true? If you're thinking about this, isn't it true? We seem to have lost the ability to communicate with one another. I don't know if it's uh, these cell phones that we all have in our hands that we're glued to that has caused this. Uh, I was thinking back to uh, when my partner and I were taking a break and went to dinner and we're talking to each other and I looked at the booth across from us and there was two teenage girls sitting across from each other, both of them looking at their phones and typing feverishly into their phones. And I don't know if they were 
texting each other at the table. That would have been funny. But they were definitely not paying attention to each other. So I actually said, hey. And they both looked at me and I said, put your phones down. Now, now keep in mind, folks, I had a smile on my face when I was doing this. I wasn't trying to be mean to them. But I said, put your phone down and talk to each other. And they both laughed. But they, to their credit, put their phones down and started talking to each other. So, but I think part of the problem could be that with our, everyone's still too glued to their phones. But in reality, I think it's, it's a much deeper and darker problem than that. Everybody is offended by everything in our country. Everybody is just out of their minds, offended by everything. I've watched this over the years get worse and worse and worse. So one of the things, you know, I don't know if it's the police officer in me or, or what, but I like observing people and I like observing things that take place and trying to figure them out. And so I've noticed this just get worse and worse over the years. And I'll get to my theory as to what that is, but I'll give you an example. There's a movie out by Adam Sandler called Big Daddy. Many of you might remember it. But in that movie, he had a group of close friends, and two of those close friends were gay. Now, he's at a party with all his friends, and he was Adam Sandler, or his character, was sitting next to one of his friends on the couch, and then across the room on another couch were his two gay friends. And the two gay friends kissed. And then the camera cuts back to Adam Sandler and one of his other friends, and that other friend says, Gee, I just can't get used to seeing those two guys kiss. Now stop here for a moment as I'm relaying this story. Is there anything offensive about that? Is there anything crazy about saying something like that? I don't think so. He didn't call them a name. There was clearly no hatred in his heart. These were friends of his that he loved. All he said was, I just can't get used to seeing those two guys kiss. And Adam Sandler, or I should say his character, went off on him on a big tirade about what a homophobe he was over that. And it's these type of things. That's just one example of many. Um, I'll give you another one from my own personal life. I was uh, not only a police officer, but I was chaplain for my police department for 22 years. And uh, I was doing, actually, it was not too long ago, a graduation for a police academy. They had me come in and do the invocation and benediction, the open and closing prayers. And during my closing prayer, I usually like to address the cadets or the now officers and their families because they've now been uh, welcomed into the law enforcement family. And uh, I talked to them about probably being in their best interest not to watch the news anymore. I don't know if that's a surprise to you out there in radio land, but the media is not a friend to police officers. So I just made the comment that the leftist media is not the friend of police officers, and it's probably best if you just don't watch it because they portray police officers as bad people, and that nobody likes police, when in reality, I know for a fact, 
that we are loved by the vast majority of our society. The vast majority of you, uh, and especially Christians who know Romans 13, 4, know that we are to give respect to those that enforce the law. Right? So, but the media, not so much. So I just made that comment that, you know, don't dwell on the media and what they say. Just know that people out there love us and support us. Well, after and then I prayed for everybody for their safety. And afterwards, a gentleman came up to me and he was just out of his mind angry at me. And he starts yelling at me. And, you know, as a police officer, we're trained in de-escalation, of course, and keeping our calm. And that's something I took pride in doing my job that um, I could talk people off the ledge, if you will. People wanted to fight me or people wanted to yell at me. I could calm them down. So I was successful momentarily. I was able to calm him down just a little bit to try and have a conversation with him. And as soon as I would try to explain to him my viewpoint, he would just lose his mind again and walk away. And I was able to get him to come back three times. I I remember one of the times I said, look, this is what's wrong with our society. We can't converse with each other anymore. Even, you know, if we disagree, it's not, it's nothing personal. We can disagree. We can even disagree and be friends. But this guy just was not hearing it. He came back three times and each time he just could not control his emotions and he stormed away angry at me, despite my best efforts. But he was all offended over one thing, the fact that I had called out the liberal leftist media on their obvious bias against police. And that is uh, extremely uh, evidential. I mean, it's everywhere to see that, that they don't like us and uh, do not paint a good picture of police. I've just look at everything that's going on right now. Um, with the riots and everything. It's supposed to be all our fault instead of just one bad police officer making a a horrible decision. So, but anyway, before I digress, that was uh, my own personal example of, of adding these things up. I've watched these over the years and it is evident to me that these people who are getting offended by everything, it's getting worse and worse and worse. And here, here's my theory and why I think this phenomenon is happening. Uh, Like I said, I've always been fascinated with the cause behind things like this. In fact, it even made it tough for me to be a dad because many of you know, ask a teenager why they did something. Just ask them and they'll tell you, I don't know. Don't you hate that? (laughs) It drove me absolutely nuts as a dad because I know you know and because it always and it always does fascinate me to know the the cause behind something. Well, I know the cause behind what I call this a hyper offendedness. It's Satan. Satan is behind it. If he can get everybody offended by stupid things like sports logos, and that's just one example out of the many, if he can get everyone offended by that, then he makes it impossible for us to talk to that person about their sinful nature. If they can't hear that they will never, they will never know their need for a Savior. And you can never introduce them to Jesus. If they're going to be offended by something simple, just imagine what happens when you try to talk to them about the sin in their life and their need for the Savior. That's just 
Well, first of all, it's crazy, but that is, I believe, that's my theory. That's Satan's goal. Now, if you think something different, I'm going to continue on. We're coming up on a break. We're going to continue on with that. But uh, call in. I want to know if you agree with me or disagree with what I've said so far. Our phone number is 866-423-9578. And uh, we're, we will be right back. My name is Bernadette, and I am a parishioner at St. Joseph's on the Brandywine. Joe Biden has been part of our parish for more than 40 years. Our sons became friends when they were in first grade. And ever since, I've known Joe and the entire Biden family. Even now, when Joe's back home, we see him at Mass on Sunday. You can tell how important Joe's faith is to him. It's what motivates everything. Joe's beliefs, his values, the kind of president Joe would be. Joe Biden knows what it means to be your brother's keeper, to care for those around you and lift up those who are suffering. Their values Joe learned from his mom and dad and from the nuns who taught Joe his Catholic faith. That's Joe Biden, a man guided by faith. I'm Joe Biden, candidate for president, and I approve this message. Paid for by Biden for president. There's a lot going on right now, and broadcasters are on the ground covering all of it. Bringing you the weather, the traffic, and breaking news. All while entertaining you 24 hours a day. Someone needs to tell you what's going on around the world and in our hometowns. And that someone is us. We are free radio. We are always there. We are broadcasters. Visit wearebroadcasters.com or text radio to 52886 to learn more. Furnished by NAB and this station. Hello, friends. This is Evangelist Anita Campbell, host of Bible Talk. I've got some exciting news now. In addition to listening to us on 92.7 FM and AM 1500, you can also stream us live on Radio.com. Just go to Radio.com, tap the News Talk, and scroll down to WLQV Faith Talk. It's that simple. Or pick up the Radio.com app. Either way, it's fun. Sounds great, and you're going to love it. Check us out at Radio.com. The following is a public notice for people suffering with fibromyalgia symptoms. Researchers from the University of Illinois College of Medicine have developed the first definitive blood test for the biomarkers of fibromyalgia. Those who test positive may qualify for an FDA-approved clinical trial of a breakthrough symptom-eliminating treatment. Previously, a fibromyalgia diagnosis could not be confirmed. Now, participants can have definitive confirmation of this debilitating disease. The test is covered by nearly all insurance plans, and FM Test can even arrange to have your blood test done by a licensed medical professional in the comfort and security of your own home. If you suffer from chronic fatigue, mental fogginess, or chronic pain, it may be fibromyalgia. Take this opportunity to get the first and only definitive test. If you test positive, you could be among the first to receive a breakthrough treatment formulated to eliminate all fibromyalgia symptoms. Space is limited, so go now to myfmtest.com. That's myfmtest.com. Myfmtest.com. Welcome back, everybody, to Bible Talk on Faith Talk 1500. I am your host for today, 
just for today, don't worry. I'm sure Pastor Boss will be back. And you all can be happy that it's him and not me. <laughs> going to make me cry. But it is such a pleasure to be here with you today. And I, and I want to make sure we mention that my chief engineer on this voyage today is Marcus. He's across the uh, plexiglass screen and a glass screen and a wall because he doesn't want to get anything from me. <laughs> but here he is. All right, all right, all right. Nice, all right. Uh, before I continue on bloviating about uh, our topic for today, there is a call on the line I want to get to, and I'll tell you why in a second here. We're going to go to Angela in Royal Oak. Angela? Oh, do you know why? hi, Pastor. How you doing? Good. Do you know why I interrupted what I was doing to come to you? Uh-uh. Because you have the same name as my lovely wife. Oh. And so when I see Angela, <laughs> I'm like, I just got to talk to Angela. What's, <laughs> what's going on? What are you calling in for? Well, I have two things I want to say. Uh, I guess the first thing, I was listening to the Larry Alder show yesterday. He calls on AM 1400, and he was he had uh, a guest on his show, Pastor John MacArthur. But I was telling Gerald Woods, I don't know why you have him on your show, because then he said a couple months ago or last year that, that you can accept the mark of the beast and you still go to heaven. I mean, what do you think about I mean, I don't know if he's like really a Christian pastor. You're what do you think say, about that? You're saying that... that- Pastor John MacArthur, the the John MacArthur from mm-hmm. California, said that you can accept yeah. the mar- mark of the beast. I think that's him. Yeah, John MacArthur. He was on the Larry Alder show last night. Uh, Alder show on fourteen hundred. I kind of missed some of it though, but you know, he was saying he's trying to resist the government by, my, by keeping his church closed, I guess. But he was saying, but a couple of years ago, he was if you type in his name, John MacArthur, he was saying that you could accept the mark of the beast and still go to heaven. So. I don't understand why he's on that, why Larry have him on his show. He's not very Christian-like, you know what I'm saying? Well, I can tell you this, Angela. I've listened to John MacArthur for a very long time, and I would be very surprised if it was true that he said that. you got to remember, not everything you read on the Internet is true. John knows the Bible inside and out. And even if there, I'm sure there might be people that, that are disagreeing with him as far as... Um, his stance he just revealed as far as opening his church back up. Um, I actually mm-hmm. listened to that sermon he gave, and he gave a very powerful argument for why he opened his church back up and why, under certain circumstances, it is okay to go against the government. Um, he gave very sound reasoning for that. So I just implore you, maybe you want to research a little bit more. I'm going to look it up when I go home because I'm very interested in what you brought up. But I would be very surprised if if a a high intellect like John MacArthur uh, made a comment like that about uh, the mark of the beast. Isn't he from Canada, correct? I think that's that's the one. I could be wrong, but Um, I believe that's him. Well, John MacArthur, I don't know where he's originally from, but he's been in California. He's been pastor of a church in California. I want to say it's something like 50 years. And and he Mm. is just— He has a radio show, right, that comes on in the morning? Uh, I haven't heard him do a radio show. I know he's been on shows. Um, I saw him when he, he actually witnessed to Ben Shapiro, who's another very high intellect, but is a Jewish man. Um, and I know he was yeah. on, um, this is John MacArthur that was on, um, um, what's the guy's, uh, Tucker Carlson on Fox News oh, I yeah. yesterday. So that's who I'm talking about. Uh, gray hair, glasses, uh, cool voice. 
<laughs> so, but uh, I'm I'm going to research that, and I would implore you to research that as well. Don't don't think negatively of John of the John MacArthur I'm talking about. He's uh, a quite a brilliant brilliant man, and and uh, a lot of people have come to the Lord because of him. Okay, but I thank you for calling. Yeah, Angela. Like he, uh, he called um, the YouTube. This happened, John MacArthur. He did say you take the mark to beach. He can go to heaven. That's back in July the seventeenth, two thousand nineteen. Okay, well, I am going to look that up when I go home, and I thank you for calling in, Angela. Okay, well, can I say one more thing? Of course you can. Well, I won't talk about Ellen DeGeneres. I guess she's under like a lot of heat now. I guess she's getting investigated for the way she treats people. And I don't agree with her lifestyle, but I do feel sorry for her. I do think she's a good person. Can she be a good person and be gay, I guess? I mean, should we feel sorry for her? I mean, if we don't agree with her lifestyle, I mean, her whole career could be destroyed by these allegations, you know? Well, I- I'm with you. Uh, on this, Angela, she does seem like a very nice person. And of course, people who happen to be gay, um, of course, they can be nice people. I mean, but the gay, the whole gay issue, especially within Christian circles, is so blown up and people get so mad at Christians because we speak out against homosexuality. But the only reason that, that Christians have to speak out against homosexuality is because it's being uh, forced upon us. Um, you are not allowed to say anything negative about you. You can't say uh, in Canada if you are a pastor and you say that oh, yeah, uh, no. that uh, being a gay being gay is a sin. Then you can go to jail for that because it's a hate crime. Yeah, the wrong pronoun. You know, and, and that's where it's going in this area. But as far as the Ellen uh, case is concerned, I would say this about not only her but about any case. We really need to not pass judgment until the evidence comes out. Now, people are, can make all the claims they want, but that doesn't necessarily make it true. So I'm going to withhold my judgment on that unless we see some actual evidence of, of her mistreating people. Yeah, but no one's coming out to defend her, no her Hollywood friends are defending her. And it's like, I do feel like everyone's turning against her, you know? Yeah. Yep. Well, I guess we're going to see how that, that pans out. I'm sure either uh, they'll ostracize her or they'll, they'll welcome her and back her up eventually. I think maybe it's kind of taking a backseat to all this other stuff that's going on in the world right now. Oh, yeah. But thank you for your thoughts, Angela. Okay. All right. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Bye. All right, folks. Now, after that, I you got to understand, I had to talk to Angela. Such a pretty name. And and I don't think my wife is listening right now. We don't uh, we don't get 1500 out by me. But uh, uh, I don't think she's listening. So this is not me sucking up. My wife is awesome. <laughs> Man, I hope she's listening. But anyway, I want to get back to our topic, and that is uh, how we as a society have lost the ability to talk to people. And I do not want that for you, my Christian brothers and sisters. So that's what we're going to deal with. And if you do want to call in on it, our phone number is 866-423-9578, 866-423-9578. So where I left off is basically my theory as to what is behind uh, this inability for us to have a communication, have a conversation, to be able to communicate, and that is Satan's behind it. He wants everybody to get so offended by everything, just try to tell them about the Lord. I mean, you, you want to offend people? Just go into a room and say, hey, I'd like to talk to you about Jesus. Everybody gets offended. Now, go in that same room and say, hey, anyone want to hear about Muhammad? Nobody's going to be offended by that. Isn't that interesting? I've always thought that was. 
But again, that's that's how my mind works. But I don't want this for my fellow Christians. So here's what we're going to do. I want to help you learn how to talk to people better. That's what I want to do with you today. And the very first step to that is actually what I would call the John 3.16 of apologetics. It's the apologetics verse in the Bible. And, of course, apologetics is is what we teach uh, very uh, much at Strictly Biblical. Um, when I started there, I was actually – I've been with Pastor Moss for 20 years. I just worked for him for 18. Um, he, he really uh, got me interested in apologetics and being able to defend the faith. Well, 1 Peter 3.15 is where that all starts, and it will help us – launch our journey here on how we need to talk to people. So first, Peter, turn in your Bibles to it. I don't care if you're driving. Just, you know, kind of hold the wheel with one. No, don't do it if you're driving. I'm kidding. But pull over or something in a parking lot. Open your Bible to first Peter, or you can just listen as I read along. First Peter 3.15 says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and with fear. So there's two different parts to this verse of Scripture. There's, of course, the apologetics part. And the key point in that is we need to always be ready to give an answer. And that's important. That's why we as Christians need to be reading not only our Bible, but we need to be reading history. We need to be studying science. We need to know all these things. The scripture says, study to show yourself approved unto God. We need to know things so we can communicate better with people. But something that's often skipped over by apologists um, in this verse, because they want to just get to the, we always need to be able to give an answer. That, that is important, but there's something else in that verse. And by the way, for those of you who don't know what apologetics is, I guess I should say what that is. It does not mean you apologize for your Christian faith. Faith. Or at least you don't say you're sorry for it. Apologetics comes from the Greek word apologia, which means to give a defense of. So it's you're just defending the faith. But this other part of the scripture here that I read towards the end of verse uh, 15, it says, uh, always be ready to give an answer to every man ask of you a reason of the hope that is in you. So first and foremost, people need to see hope in you. Are you a Christian that's walking around with a frown on your face? Are you always down in the dumps? Do people think that you're always in a bad mood? Um, I remember an example for me at work. I, I, I always try to be happy and pleasant. And I was going through a really rough time, and I went into roll call one day at work. And I just, I wasn't grumpy. I wasn't angry. I was just quiet, and I wasn't my normal jovial self, and everybody in the room immediately noted, noted that something was wrong, and they're like, hey, are you okay? What's going on? And that's because I always try to portray myself and not, not like I'm faking it. I'm, not, I'm trying to let people see who I really am, and that is just a happy guy. I've been saved. I've been bought with a price. Uh, somebody 2,000 years ago died on a cross to pay my sin debt. So that I don't have to. That's something to be excited about. And if you are a Christian, you should be excited about that too. And if you're not a Christian, you can be excited about it. Isn't that awesome? 
And this verse goes on at the reason of the hope that is in you. So people need to see a hope in us. Uh, with and then it says with meekness and with fear. We're going to get into the in the meekness in a little bit there, but before I I continue on, um, we're going to go next to First uh, Peter. I'm sorry, we're going to go next to James because James has some interesting things about how to talk to people. But before I do that, we have Michael in Detroit on the line. Michael, you're on the hey, air. How you doing, Pastor? Hey, good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Um, I had a question. It's not. It's not about apologetic, but it's um in Matthew 18 and Luke 18. I asked the Lord that question. Lord, what do it mean for a person to forgive somebody if, if, if they say forgive a believer that sin against you? But I'm thinking that it can also mean unbelievers. But I'm not sure. Well, that's a great question. Let me, before I, I, I know the answer, but what do you think? Well, I think that um, even if an unbeliever sin against you and, and you, and you for, forgive them and they don't, um, they don't, they don't uh, apologize to you for what they did, they don't repent because the Bible says that if somebody sin against you, you're supposed to, and, and they re, you're supposed to rebuke them, and then if you rebuke them, they're supposed to repent. I'm thinking that that's what unbeliever supposed to do, too, if they sin against you. Right, and I, I, I would agree with you, Michael, and I would say this. Whether we're dealing with fellow Christians or not, we need to be forgiving. And the main reason we need to forgive those who have offended us or sinned against us is because we've been forgiven. We've yeah. been forgiven from far more than anything has ever done to us uh, yeah. by Jesus Christ. And so we need to be forgiving toward everybody. And what I would say, what that could lead to, just imagine if someone who is not a Christian has wronged you and you forgive them, that is such a wonderful testimony to you. That person yeah. was, is going to look at you like, okay, this person forgave me this wrong I did them. And, and maybe that's going to be give you the opportunity to be a witness to them. Wouldn't, wouldn't you think yeah. that, Michael? Yeah, but why do it say uh, when a person sin against you, you're supposed to rebuke them? Is it, it an unbeliever you're supposed to rebuke and a believer that sin against you, you're supposed to rebuke them? What, what scripture are you coming out of there, Michael? Um, Matthew chapter uh, 18. No, it's on uh, Luke. 17, verse 6, I think. I, I ain't got to it yet. I got my Bible, but okay. I'm turning the page. You know what? Um, I, I think I know what you're referring to without skipping to it. Um, I don't want to lose my spot with what I'm talking about here. But what yeah. you may be referring to is is how the church is supposed to deal with someone who is unrepentant uh, sinning. So. Oh. So so say I, I sin against you, Michael, yeah. and I'm not sorry about it at all, and you mm. rebuke me for it, and I don't change, then you are mm. to go to the church and say, hey, he sinned against me and won't change. And then it's the this church's response. Yeah, this is for a believer. Okay. Because then that is believer. That a believer that sinned against you you're talking about. Yeah, that's correct. 
Because an okay. unbeliever, we'd not, we would not bring in front of the church. But a believer is supposed to be then, if he's unrepentant, you bring that person in front of the church. And the entire church hears the charges against, you know, in my this case, we're using the example of me sinning against you. And, yeah. uh, what if he don't want to go? What if he don't want to go to the church? If he doesn't he want to go to the church, then he don't want to go. If he doesn't want to go, then it would be the same outcome as if he was unrepentant and he would be kicked out of the church. Okay. Because clearly, you know, a Christian is going to want to apologize for his behavior. Okay. Right. But uh, Michael, we are uh, at a break, and I appreciate okay. your call. Thank you so much, and we you will too. be right back. When does a person get rights? When a person is a person. All across our nation, our nation is divided. In our homes, in social media, everywhere you turn. But what is at the heart of this division? In the new movie, Divided Hearts of America, Super Bowl champion and executive producer Benjamin Watson searches for the truth. This is one of the worst possible choices that any woman and her family has to make. You'll discover why the most polarizing debate of this century boils down to the sacred dignity of human life. There is no personhood under law for fetuses. We don't have that in this country. With Divided Hearts of America, you'll learn what you need to be armed to fight what divides us and come to a place of real unity with empathy, healing, and real hope. Be part of the change and watch Divided Hearts of America. Go to SalemNow.com to purchase. Use promo code FAMILY for 20% off. SalemNow.com, promo code FAMILY. What if I told you that you could replace your windows, your roof, and your siding for just $6 a day? I didn't say windows, roof, or siding for $6 a day. I said all three, windows, roof, and siding for just $6 a day. It's true. Just call Performance Remodeling at 586-540-6000 or online at windowsroofingsiding.com. You might be thinking, I don't need all three windows, roofing, and siding. No problem. Just windows, two bucks. Just a roof, two bucks. Just siding, two bucks. It's so incredibly inexpensive that anyone can afford it. Anyone, including you. We can do this because we have the best financing partners on the planet. Our quality and workmanship is the best in Michigan. We are the only company that offers a true full lifetime guarantee on every window, roof, and siding job we install. No fine print, no loopholes, no gotchas. So for the best windows, roofing, and siding for just $6 a day for all three, call Performance Remodeling at 586-540-6000 or online at windowsroofingsiding.com. Question, what exactly is sin and how do you defeat it? You might say it's cheating on your taxes or hitting someone in anger or getting back at an enemy and so many other things. And yet, sin is actually so much less than that. Consider that with John MacArthur when he looks to the Sermon on the Mount to help you understand the sinfulness of sin. Don't miss the next Grace to You. So join me, John MacArthur, and study along on Grace to You weekday mornings at 8 here on WLQV. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Emery Moss, host of Bible Talk. I've got some exciting news. Now, in addition to listening to us on 92.7 FM and AM 1500, you can also stream us live on Radio.com. Just go to Radio.com, tap the News Talk, and scroll down to WLQV Faith Talk. It's that simple. Or pick up the Radio.com app. Either way, it's fun, sounds great, and you're going to love it. Check us out at Radio.com.
Marcus, you almost got me to start dancing. And I don't dance. <laughs> Great bumper music. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to Bible Talk. We're on Faith Talk 1500. Our phone number is 866-423-9578. If you want to call in, it's 866-423-9578. And before we jump to James chapter 3, so I can give you a moment to turn to that in your Bible again because you're probably driving, uh, we're going to go to Nathan in Ferndale. Nathan, you are on the air. Nathan, are you there? I believe in supersessionism. I'm I'm sorry, Nathan. I, what was what was that? Do you know or do you believe in supersessionism? Uh, I don't know that I've ever heard that term before. Well, it's a very good term, but anyway, um, check it out and uh, see what you come up with. Okay, I will look into that. Supersessionism. All right. Thank you, Nathan. You're welcome. Take care. Okay. As I stated, we are going to go to James chapter 3. And this is in an effort to help my fellow Christian brothers and sisters learn how to talk to people. James chapter 3 and verse 1 says, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that they're so, that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and able to bridle the whole body. Verse 3, Behold, we put bits in horses' mouths, mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Uh, James is, is going with the theme here. We're going to see it quickly. Behold also ships, which though they be so great and are driven by fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue is a little member, and boasts great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defiles the whole body, and sets on fire the course of nature, and is set on fire of hell. There are some very strong words here being used by James. Uh, verse number seven. For every kind of beasts and of birds and of serpents and of things of the sea, tamed is tamed and has been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Therewith we bless God, even the Father, and therewith we curse men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. So here we have, we've stopped at verse number 10. James is telling us that the tongue is powerful and it's dangerous, but it should not be misused by the Christian. And James is just about to make that point. Verse number 11. Does a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine, figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. These uh, were 
we just finished verse 12 there. These are examples that paint a very clear picture for us. A Christian should not have unruly speech. And this is how James is starting off talking about how we need to talk. He's First of all, we need to control our tongue. Um, and what he's talking about here is going to be stressed in the next verse, verse 13. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness and wisdom. So we have here those who are wise will demonstrate that by their good conversation mixed in with meekness. And by the way, that that is meekness there, not weakness. It takes great strength in order to be meek, to be humble and patient, especially with those who are against you. Uh, it takes great strength to be able to handle those types of things and be meek. It reminds me of the story of a, uh, a man who is getting chased by a lion and he's running as fast as he can, but he sees that lion's going to overtake him. So the man prays to God and he says, God, please turn this lion into a Christian lion. The lion immediately stopped, bowed his head and said, Lord, I thank you for this food I'm about to eat. <laughs> I always love that story. Uh, where's my laugh track, Marcus? That deserved a laugh track. <laughs> um, but the moral of that story is a Christian lion is still a lion. Okay? So you can still be strong. And, in fact, it, you're coming from a great place of strength if you are meek. But now we learn where the bitterness comes from. Uh, verse, where would we leave off? Now in verse 14. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not. And lie not against the truth. This wisdom descends from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. We're going to leave right there. We'll be right back. This is Lon Hee Chen of the Hoover Institution for townhall.com. Tuesday night's presidential debate was a study in contrast, the accomplishments of a president over the last 47 months against a politician who's been in politics for 47 years. Two more presidential debates are scheduled in the coming weeks, and the task for President Trump is clear. He must continue to emphasize his accomplishments while sharing more with the American people about his plans for the next four years. The president has plans to lower the cost of health care and make our health care system more accessible and transparent. Plans to lower taxes for middle-income Americans while continuing to cut red tape for job creators and entrepreneurs. And plans to hold China accountable for its misdeeds and address other geopolitical challenges around the world. Looking ahead, President Trump should spend more time emphasizing these plans and talking about where he would lead the country in a second term. That's a recipe for winning not only the debates and the undecided voter, but perhaps the election, too. I'm Lon He Chen. If you're thinking about replacing your windows, I want you to think about plastic. That's right, plastic. Most windows are made out of vinyl, which is just a fancy word for plastic. You know, the same thing they make those flimsy, cheap outdoor chairs from. Plastic. The same thing you put your sandwich in or they make water bottles from. Plastic. Even expensive composite windows are really just plastic made with wood. Plastic window frames will expand and contract and expand and contract and eventually warp in Michigan's nasty weather blender. Here's a better idea. Call 
all performance remodeling for heavy-duty fiberglass windows that won't warp, won't bend, and won't lose their shape. They look fantastic and come with real lifetime guarantees. We can do that because they're made from fiberglass, not plastic. Call Performance Remodeling today at 586-540-6000 or online at windowsroofingsiding.com and replace all the windows in your house for as little as $2 a day. $2 a day. That's 586-540-6000 or online at windowsroofingsiding.com. Fifth Season Financial is a licensed lender, not available in all states. Visit fifthseasonfinancial.com for details. Are you or a loved one suffering financial hardship as a result of an advanced stage illness like cancer, Alzheimer's, or ALS? Are the financial side effects of your medical fight reducing your quality of life and causing stress and worry? Did you know that you could be eligible for a special loan to access funds locked up in your life insurance policy? Text the word LIFE to 411411 now. Fifth Season may be able to help you address your financial needs through our Funds for Living program. This simple-to-use program helps you access value that is locked up in your life insurance policy by lending you money against the face amount of your policy. This loan is not like other loans where you need to make monthly payments, and it only gets repaid out of the proceeds of the life insurance policy. Visit FifthSeasonFinancial.com slash radio and get approved quickly. If you need financial help, have an advanced stage illness and a life insurance policy, text LIFE to 411411. Text LIFE to 411411. Welcome back, everybody, to Bible Talk on Faith Talk 1500. I apologize we had to go quickly there. We came up on a hard break, but I want—I have two people on the line. One of them is one of my favorite people in the entire world. So I want to make sure I get to them, but I don't want to leave you hanging here uh, in the book of James. So let me close this part out very quickly. We left off in verse 16 of James 3 where it said, for where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. So all these negative things come from our sinful flesh. And it may be our our reaction. I know it is for mine many times. Our initial reaction is to lash out. But for Christians, it it can't be that way. So how James closes out this, this chapter, of course, it wasn't a chapter for him, but verse 17. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. That's how we as Christians need to be. Now, there's more to say on that. I'm probably going to have to do a part two of this uh, my next time I'm with you behind the microphone. But uh, right now, we are going to go to Anita Campbell. Hi, Anita. Hi, Gordon. How are you? I am well. How about you? I'm good. I, I miss was enjoying, you. especially. I enjoy. I missed you too. I've been enjoying this. Um, your your broadcast, but especially about this Christian lion, man. I, you never told me that one before. <laughs> I I've probably <laughs> said it at least seventeen times from the pulpit. I love that story. <laughs> no, no, I, I hadn't heard it though. Oh, good. <laughs> Well, well, this from the, the woman who has the best sayings ever. 
So <laughs> I can't believe you're listening to the program when you heard it wasn't Pastor Moss. Oh. Of course, word word got out. Word got out that you're going to be there, and I thought, well, I will be tuning in. Oh, that, <laughs> that's awesome. Now, did you call yeah. in for something or just to talk to me? Just, just to talk to you, just to say hi, and you're doing a great job, and and I love you. I love you, Anita, <laughs> and I cannot wait until this virus nonsense is over so I can give you a big hug in the church yes. with no masks on. Yeah, you can give me a big hug, but I have to stand on two chairs, right, to reach you. <laughs> Here, we'll just have you stand up a couple steps on the uh, at the platform. Okay. All right. Thank you, <laughs> We'll Anita. schedule that. Yep. Love you. All right. Say hi to Angie. I will. All right. God bless you, and um, I'll talk with you later. Okay. God bless you. Uh, that is the sweetest woman and who I go to. Whenever I am going through something where I need to get God's attention immediately, and uh, that's who I talk to. You ever have Anita pray for you? It's it's wonderful. It's wonderful listening to her pray to God. It, it's just like, well, it's almost like she's talking to her father. Isn't that great? Uh, now we're going to go to Barbara in Roseville. Barbara, you're on the air. Oh, hi. I'm thinking you may have just kind of answered part of my question. But I'm going to go for it anyway. Okay. Um, the Bible says that when you're sick, to call for the elders of the church. Are they talking about an ordained minister, or can it just be a, a someone of age in the church who knows the Lord well, some of the church mothers? Um, how am I to view the word elder? In that specific a- instance, it is um, the it is a title. It is a position in the church dictated in the Bible called an elder. The problem with that is, is not all churches have them. Um, I just spoke at a church yesterday that just now started getting elders. Um, so, you know, it, it's it doesn't have to be. But what that scripture you're talking about. That is talking about call the calling the elders to pray for you, um, but it, it's always good. I don't, I don't think uh, Anita's an elder, but that's who I go to um, when I need mm-hmm. prayer. Uh, she's an amazing, godly woman, and that's that's who you want praying for you, right? Mm-hmm. Is that is that answer your question? So the the scripture is saying that they want an like an ordained elder. So as opposed to someone of age who's been walking with the Lord a long time. Right. But that's, um, but understand, yeah. Barbara, that is saying that, you know, it is a position, it's a title, like a deacon or a pastor or a bishop. A bishop basically just means pastor. Um, but it doesn't mean that's all you can go to. You can have anybody pray for you. We're all supposed to be mm-hmm. praying for each other. So don't think that's all you have to go to. That's just what that particular scripture is telling you you should do. Okay? But mm-hmm. like I said, you, you may not, I don't know how your church is, you may not have elders in your church. Mm-hmm. So in, in that case, I would just, you know, I'd go to your pastor or uh, um, an elder person in the church to pray for you. Or if you're, you're mm-hmm. uh, blessed like me and you come to Strictly Biblical, you can have Anita pray for you. <laughs> yeah, I was listening to that. That was giving me some ideas. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you so, so very much. Thank you, Barbara. Thanks for calling. All right, folks. Um, we are finished with the lines, and uh, I do not have time to get into anything else that I want to. We're going to save this for another time because this is 
this has turned into a fascinating uh, topic. So what I will do instead is close this out in prayer, because I think that's uh, something that's important for us to do, obviously, as Christians, but especially in this day and age. So let's do that now. Heavenly Father, we come before you now thanking you, Lord, that we have this this medium of radio where we can talk over the airwaves and be witnesses to you in that way. Um, not only just uh, through the airwaves here, Lord, but being able to log on to websites and, and hear radio all the way across the world. We thank you for that, Lord. But Lord, as we struggle with this evil and sinful world as Christians and being tainted by that, Lord, we pray that you would strengthen us to be able to be better at talking to people, to be following James' advice in chapter 3, that we need to learn how to bridle our tongue and control it and be patient and meek, instructing those who oppose themselves. Be with us as we do that, Lord, and we'll give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you all for joining us. It's been wonderful being here with you again, and I look forward to talking to you next time. Sponsored by Bible.